So please, Avengers, don't sue us. We don't have money. <laughs> that stoners will be stoned. And then the car just floors in. It's just... It gets like the hell out of there real fast. It crosses like a medium. Remember how I explained there's a difference between... Oh, haunted house scream and a... I am about to die scream. Well... I believe that this is more of a I'm about to die scream. Michael kicks the door, the driver's side door open, hits the gun, she flips it around and blows her own brains out. I'm like, are you kidding me? No problem, Ryan Reynolds, anything for you. Empowering herself with the power of penis, Yes, yes, it's very weird. If you are in a haunted house that has the walls covered with oil, that should be a red sign. This is a haunted house, not a goddamn O'Reilly's Auto Parts. This can only be one of two things. It's either a video game world, kind of like GTA, or it's Detroit. Yeah, when you turn on the serial killer that you were interviewing for your news reporting TV show, yeah, you're kind of fucked. Y'all have a nice day now. Thank you. Gentry fuckers. Hello and welcome back to yet another episode of Tyler's Thursday Takes. Again, sorry that this one comes out so late as is becoming the norm, but it is my birthday this week and I was busy celebrating my birthday, you know, getting a little bit closer to the to the final day, so we just <laughs> celebrating that. I was going to have this out on a date earlier, but sometimes work isn't as reliable as you may think it is, and things happen, so because of that, this is coming out expeditiously late, and I greatly apologize for that. But enough of that, let's get right on into this week's movie. This week, we are doing (laughs) the greatly renowned and loved by many people online the texas chainsaw massacre 2022 netflix movie as you know with most netflix movies this is probably going to become like a great video or a great movie that everybody just loves to watch because people love netflix but we'll have to see about that imdb has given this movie a 4.8 out of 10 rating so that should kind of give you a starting point as to where this movie's probably going to end up be the popularity is down to 48 it's down 26 spots and some of the main people in this we have Sarah Arkin as Melody Elsie Fisher as Lila Mark Berman as the legendary Leatherface and Jacob Lattimore as Dante and some other people that will eventually fill out the rest of this movie but basically this is supposed to be 50 years after the original incidents with the original five the original texas chainsaw massacre and basically uh, well why don't we just read the synopsis basically leatherface returns after 50 years that means Leatherface would have to be feels probably in his late 20s early 30s he's probably he has to be close to 80 returns to terrorize a group of idealistic young friends who accidentally disrupt his carefully shielded world in a remote Texas town so we'll just have to see how 
90-year-old Leatherface keeps up with a group of five to six different hipsters in this week's episode. So let's get right on into it. Look at this guy. Who has such a small dick they need to walk around in public with a fucking gun? Like, I mean, is he compensating for something? I'm just, I mean... Alright, well I officially have one character that I hope dies off the bat, so I can't wait for, what's her name, Sarah to eat the proverbial chainsaw. I hope she dies very fast and very quickly because, oh boy, if this is how this entire movie is going to be, then this will be a great hour and 30 minutes for me. And so the beginning of this movie starts off with basically the same premise of the original. You have these four people who are heading into this old town and the reason that they're heading into this old town is because they're going to rejuvenate it and make it you know like a hot spot for hipsters and all that kind of like how in the original it was a whole bunch of hippies that were kind of going across the country but now they're going to go here and rejuvenate it so all these hipsters can come in and kind of buy up all the places and make a nice little utopia right in the middle of deep south texas but there's one issue when they arrive. Well, what are we going to do? Let's just wait for the contract. What are you doing in our house? Haha, <laughs> that's right. One of these buildings is still occupied. And that is because it is occupied by Miss MC, who owns the local orphanage, which this already starts off questions because you can see there's one kid in, like, the doorway who's supposed to be Leatherface, but this doesn't add up, like at all to the original Leatherface story and also this is 50 years after the original incident why he it's not like he was 12 when the original incident happened he was a he was a grown man so it's implied that Leatherface now lives in this orphanage and he kind of takes care of Miss MC and she takes care of him but of course they don't want this old lady here because they're trying to sell all these properties to hipsters so they begin to tell her that she needs to leave, and he becomes a complete Dante, becomes a complete douche about it, to the point where she vomits, and the police show up, and they take her, and they're gonna rush her to the hospital, only <sighs> while they're on their way to the hospital, the fat lady starts a singing. <laughs> Yep, that is right. The very first death in this movie is of the grandmother. Or, I say the grandmother. She's the orphanage mother. But she ends up dying due to, I guess, stress and old age. And as you can assume, Leatherface is incredibly happy about this. So just like that, Leatherface breaks the first deputy's arm in half, starts stabbing him with his forearm bones, and as he's going to raise his gun to shoot Leatherface, he shoots the driver, and now they crash into the side of an old, I guess it's a bailer, and 
surely they they all have to be dead right now. So we might as well just add all three of them to it, which in the span of five minutes has taken our death count from zero all the way up to four. So, man, what a absolute jump that was. But while all this is going on, the youngest sibling, Lila, she begins to talk to Richter, who is, as you probably got heard, the guy that was talking about the gun. He is the contractor, and so she goes in there starts talking to him. And obviously, he's just a misunderstood country boy because she sees that he's got a gun. And she basically explains to him, oh, I was in a school shooting. Because he's like, oh, did your daddy shoot you or something? And she's like, nope, it was high school, whatever, whatever. And he's like, damn, that's rough. That could be difficult to deal with. And he basically sympathizes with her because guess what? He's not a bad guy. And that's kind of the theme throughout all this. And he kind of tries to help, you know make her feel more comfortable around guns because this is the south <laughs> and all while this is going on the other woman melody begins to have an argument with dante about the deed and she starts telling lila look we're gonna leave we can't be here we we have to go this is ridiculous and so after that we rejoin dante's soon-to-be wife who went with the old lady to the hospital and, um, yeah, we get to see what's going on with them after they crashed into this baler. Alright, well, now we're back up to three in total with the lady orphanage owner, the sheriff, and now the deputy because he managed to come back to life only to get beat to death by the grandmother's oxygen tank. And so now the future wife, Ruth, she decides she's going to try to sneak out the side of the door that way, or not the door, but through the window and try to get out of there as fast as she can because she sees Leatherface cutting off the face of his mother. <laughs> and she's like, it's him. It's the crazy guy. I need to dip. But there's just one tiny issue with that. Alright, so now it's official. Now all three of them, or well, all four of them now have died. Even though I feel like they all should have died in the crash, but, you know, it is what it is. And so now, basically, after going through the old orphanage trying to find the deed, because they're like, well, if she doesn't have it, then that means we have the deed, because... Now, Melody is starting to get a little bit worried about the fact that Dante may not have had the deed to the orphanage, and thus they killed her by stressing her out and telling her that she doesn't own the place anymore. And so now, <clears throat> they start going through the entire house only to find out they didn't own the orphanage. So Dante was basically the reason that old Lady Withers died. And because of that, Leatherface has come back home and 
since, you know, Dante was the reason that old Lady Withers died. I think Leatherface has a, a little bit of something to say to that. So yeah, Dante gets straight slashed right in the face. And so we are now up to death count five because Dante just took a straight up meat cleaver right to the face. And all the while now, Melody is hiding in the closet because she sees Leatherface start putting on the dress and putting on makeup and she sees him wearing the mother's face. And she notices he looks out the window and sees that the bus full of hipsters to buy up the town has now arrived, which pisses him off even more. And these clouds start coming overhead and basically it's about to start pouring down because of course it is. That's what you need to make it all dramatic, you know. <laughs> and because of this, they all decide to pile into the into the party bus. That way they all stay nice and dry. And now... Leah and all the other guests are now in the party bus, except for Melody, Dante, and Richter, who Richter is just kind of in his, his little truck shop. And now, we cut back to Dante, only for him to just kind of walk out of the house, and basically, Charlotte, who is, or not Charlotte, Catherine, who is the head, like, auctioneer of all these buildings, and Richter see that Dante just got slashed. He ends up still dying, so I'm going to keep that on death count five, but he just kind of stands up long enough for you know, for him to go all the way up there. And at the same time, Richter has stolen the keys from both Catherine and Dante because they knew that he was responsible for the old lady dying. And he's like, y'all aren't going to leave until you find the deed because if she had the deed, you basically just killed the old lady for nothing. And so now Richter knows that somebody is killing people. And so he sees that the lights are on in the old orphanage and he knows that it's probably whoever it is has to be in there so he starts to go up there all the while Leatherface is banging at the wall with a sledgehammer and inside the wall is da -da -da -da, his chainsaw because for some reason he put the chainsaw on the wall and they plastered over it like I said none of this makes sense as to the fact of why he is living in this orphanage or anything like that it it just doesn't make sense to me but he gets his chainsaw out of the wall only in time for Richter to come up there and all the while Melody is hiding under the bed and she tries to signal to Richter that that leather face is behind the door by slowly turning the standing mirror to her left and he sees that he's behind the door and they get into this fight and uh and Leatherface manages to literally concave Richter's knee with the hammer. But instead of just dying, he starts pushing back and fighting him and everything. But uh, you can't really want to fight when your knee is turned the wrong direction. Man. One thing that I gotta say now that I'm editing this is there's a lot of just loud noises in this. But yes, 
Richter ends up dying. He dies a, vent, a very strong, powerful death. Because even as he's dying, he is reaching out his hands with the keys. So that once he is officially dead, Melody can grab the keys to the bus or to the car. And they can get out of there. And so now... Uh, now Melody decides she's going to try to sneak out of the house. And by doing so, she's going to jump over the balcony and onto the stairs... Only for, of course, Leatherface to see her midway through. And he doesn't chase her or anything like that. He throws the hammer, launches her, and she falls through the floorboards of the house and into the crawl space. And now that she's in the crawl space, she starts running through and getting chased with the chainsaw through the boards. And it's just like, what is this? He's cutting through the structural foundation of this house until he hits the sewage pipe. Only for all the poop to now fall all over Melody. So she's covered in poop. But she gets to the storm drain. And Lila helps open up the storm drain. And she gets out. And they do the only thing that they know to do now. And that's to run to the bus with all the other party goers. Because now they have the keys. And they get to the bus. They turn on the bus only for Leatherface to sabotage the side of it. And since he sabotaged the side of it, the bus driver now has to go check. And there's only an issue when he comes back from checking. He seems to have lost a little weight. So all that comes into the bus is the driver's head. So we are now up to death count seven. And so now, of course... Leatherface is on the bus, and since he is now on the bus with all of these people, all I can say is it's not really the best situation you want to be in. Try anything you cancel, bro. So, and just so you know, I went through this scene with a fine tooth comb to find out exactly how many people are on this bus and how many got slaughtered because I know you come to this channel, to this podcast, for only the facts. And there are 17 people on this bus. So the death count's about to go from 7 to 24. So instead of me playing each and every single individual one, just enjoy this nice little montage. <laughs> Trust me, this goes on for quite, quite the while. I may have dead now, but don't worry, it's coming right back.
So yeah, 17. 17, now up to 24. So as you heard probably in the end of that clip though, they end up escaping through a hatch on the top of the bus. And as they are fleeing from the bus, these headlights appear. And it is of course Sally Hardesty, which is the original girl who survived. She became a sheriff and is now planning to hunt down Leatherface. And in doing so, she goes into the orphanage because she is going to kill him. But the strangest thing happens because she goes in there, ready to kill him. And she says, say my name, only for him to walk past her? Like, it makes no sense. He's been indiscriminately killing everybody, but he doesn't indiscriminately kill her because of plot, I guess? But anyways, he goes to the cop car in which... Sally has locked the two girls in because she wants to kill Leatherface and basically use them as bait. But as soon as he breaks the windows out, he gets shot by her, leading to this wonderful response. Remember me now? I'm the one who got away, and I'm here to make sure you don't. Motherfucker. Uh, it must be so, oh so relaxing to know that your one chance of surviving is this lunatic lady. <laughs> but anyways, now that Leatherface has escaped into the shadows, she can't see him to shoot him. And what master plan does he have? Run out of the shadows and hopefully she's a terrible enough shot for him to kill her. And that is exactly what happens. So he proceeds to stab her with the chainsaw, lift her up, and turn it on, completely eviscerating her with blood going everywhere. So you would think this is 25. Then he throws her into the garbage. And as you heard at the end of that clip, the two girls are now in the car and they're going to run him over, but swerve at the last second because he threw the chainsaw at the windshield, which causes them to crash into Richter's truck shop. And Melody is now pinned by an iron bar going through her leg. And now because of this, she tells Lila, run, just get out of here, he wants me. And so she runs out. But remember what's in Richter's shop? So Leatherface comes up to the main door. Only for, only for now, Lila runs up behind him. And you guessed it. That's right, of course the AR-15 is not loaded because she doesn't know how to load the gun. And so as she's running, of course she falls, only for Leatherface to stand above her and get shot by Sally, who is somehow not dead. And she ends up telling Lila, you, need, you can't run, you have to kill him or else he'll haunt you forever. And so she gives her the shotgun and then she ends up dying. And so now... Lila ends up going into the abandoned theater in which Leatherface ran into. 
And she goes up to where she hears the chainsaw, only to see that it's a trap. And of course, they get into this big old fight. And just as she gets knocked down and Leatherface is ready to kill her, her sister, Melody, somehow from the brink of death, has run back in to jump onto Leatherface. But Leatherface throws her off like it's nothing. But now Lila has the shotgun and puts a good shot right into him. And for the final kill, to make sure that... Ooh, sorry. Just to make sure that Leatherface is not coming back anymore. What does Melody do with his chainsaw? Cut them in half? Stab him with it, maybe? Stab him in the face? Nope. Uppercut with a chainsaw, because that's that's the best idea. I don't even think the damn thing was on. I think she literally just hit him with the chainsaw. And so now he's fallen into this puddle that is in the movie middle of this movie theater because it's old and run down and that's exactly what old run down movie theaters have, I guess. And it's all happy ever after because they go outside. It's now sunny outside again, which is the quickest night cycle I've ever seen in a town ever. And they're getting all ready. They get into their Tesla for the put on the autopilot so they can start driving away. Only for this to be the greatest end scene of a movie I've ever seen probably in quite a while, if not my entire life. So since Tesla has this nice little autopilot function, as they're slowly drifting away at two miles an hour, Leatherface busts into Melody's window, pulls her out, and Lila stands up through the sunroof, doesn't try to stop the car or anything, turns and looks at Leatherface as he proceeds to cut her head off as she's shouting no, making it death count 26 by the way. Jesus, that is a lot for this one movie. And she's like freaking out as she drives away like, what is that? At first off, that's not how I would have reacted. I would have hit the brakes. I would have tried to do anything I can. But she's just like, well, I mean, the Tesla's going. I don't want to have to take it off autopilot. I mean, <laughs> that's like the whole reason you get a Tesla. And basically, that's where it ends. Leatherface starts doing his weird little chainsaw dance and everything. And he starts freaking out. And that's basically the movie. At the end, there is an after credit scene. If you want to stick around and watch it, it basically has him going to the farmhouse, which, again, this timeline doesn't make sense because this is supposed to be 50 years after the original Chainsaw Massacre incident happened, which would mean that for him to not be incredibly old... Which, the actor doesn't look that old. The actor looks like he's 40. Which means he would have had to have yet to have been conceived. So unless this is the baby of Leatherface. Like, this doesn't make sense. So the timeline is really weird. I really don't like that. 
but he basically goes to the farmhouse, as you all know, the farmhouse where he lives, and he kills people, so that is the end of the movie, that's the after credit scene if you want to sit and watch it, but that is that, and now let's go ahead and get right on into my ratings for this movie. So for the plot, I went ahead and gave it a 2. To me, it's kind of funny. I thought it was funny how it's a whole bunch of hipsters that are trying to gentrify this neighborhood and make it all nice and fancy and sell it to other hipsters because they love the rustic feel. And it's right down in the middle of Texas and like nobody in Texas wants that shit. Nobody wants a group of fucking food truck entrepreneurs to come down here and revamp the neighborhoods. Just fuck off. Nobody gives a shit. So I just thought it was funny that Leatherface ends up coming out here killing all of them. And Lila does have a pretty good redemption arc. She was a victim of school shooting. And due to the kindness of others, she kind of realizes that, you know, guns aren't like they're not only used for bad things. They can be used to protect people. So she has a pretty good character arc. So I feel like giving this plot a two turn was a pretty good rating. Acting, I gave it 1.5. Uh, it kept me in it. It wasn't terrible. But at the same time, it wasn't something that completely blew me away. So it's kind of getting right there in the middle of the road. Not too great. Not too bad. Just kind of right in the middle. For cinema, I went ahead and gave it a two. Which is, I know a lot of people might think it's a little high if you watch this movie. But if you've seen all the other chainsaws, it's shot basically the same way that the other ones are. Keeps with the continuity. That's Chainsaw Massacre movies have always been shot in this real grungy kind of old aesthetic feel to kind of make it feel like you're watching this old kind of 1980s kind of feel. And they really stuck with that and I appreciate that. That's something that most people, if you have seen the other Texas Chainsaw movies, you will understand and I feel like you would also appreciate because a lot of effort kind of went into making that. And I really enjoy that they did that. And for my bonus point, I'm going to go ahead and give them a full point because Tesla, like I said, it is one of the greatest end death scenes that I've seen in a long while. As she could have stopped the car to help, but she's just sitting there saying, no, autopilot. <laughs> So they get the full point from me. So if you add it all up, plot 2, acting 1.5, cinema 2, bonus 1, sits at a 6.5 rating. So that's basically 2 points higher than the 4.8, I believe is what it was given to by IMDb. Yep, 4.8 out of 10. So not quite exactly 2 points higher, but pretty close. I thought it was pretty good. Um... Like I said, it's by no means the greatest thing ever. If you like gore, which I've always thought gore was... Like, I've always liked the Saw movies, so gore has never really affected me. Uh, if you're looking for just kind of a fun kind of movie to watch, for a horror movie that just has a lot of gore, this is definitely for you, especially the bus scene. <laughs> that That one scene, it's funny to me just kind of seeing how he is tearing through this entire bus full of hipsters and just yeah it's all around just funny to watch and it's I would highly recommend it if you want to watch a horror movie this has nothing to do with the other ones it has references to the original chainsaw but it's definitely not something that it relies on it's definitely just kind of something cool to watch 
if you want to just immerse yourself in Texas Chainsaw without fully devoting yourself to it. It's a nice watch and I highly recommend it. But that is all that I have for this week's review. If you have enjoyed this review, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. We try to get one out every week. This is, of course, my Tyler's Thursday takes for all of you who have not heard it before. Thank you once again for stopping by. Thank you to all the Taiwanese listeners who are sticking with us. Um, I know with everything going on right now, it's probably really scary for y'all. I understand that there's a lot of implications that are going on in the world right now. And even if this brings any type of removal from that, I hope it does. I hope you can get what little time you have to just disassociate yourself from all that and just know that if anything happens, I will be a firm, strong voice for all y'all. I know that there's only about 90 y'all who listen, but again, I hope that everything goes on with y'all. I hope y'all stay safe with everything going on. And I, I just want you to know that I am looking out for all of you Taiwanese listeners. So thank you very much for listening. And thank you for just spending time to listen and doing everything you can. But to everyone else who listens, thank you so much for being here each and every week. I'd like to give out a quick sponsor to Anchor for being the greatest podcasting distribution site ever. I cannot begin to explain to you how easy Anchor has made all of this. Please make sure to give them a ch- give them a try. Check it out; it's completely free. We stand by it a hundred percent, and we think that you should too. And just give it a shot. But like I said, that has been all for this week's episode of Tyler's Thursday Takes. Remember, next time you try to gentrify a neighborhood, make sure you don't piss off the dude with the chainsaw. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. Come on, let's go. This is bullshit.